to another episode of Who Gives a Who. I am joined by the ever-pleasant, losing to Sheffield Wednesday, Ryan Legrand. Hey, it was Sheffield United, sir. Oh, sorry, Blades. Whatever. It was the it was the Blades, and it was awful. Hey, still, still. Oh God! First time since the seventies. Yeah. Well, it, you know, can't can't fault anything. And then Thomas Tuchel's newest fan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sure, I'm excited, but I love Frank Lampard. He brought me. He brought me back as a Chelsea fan because the uh, Rafa Benitez, Jose Mourinho point two two point oh, uh, Antonio Conte, and whatever that guy's name is. Sorry, era was just one big long slide into really hard to watch football. Oh, and if y'all don't know, just based on my lack of EPL knowledge, I'm Luke. <laughs> Welcome, <laughs> Ben. I can make it way easier on you. Just become an IX fan. Yeah. It's been great. Yeah, it's wonderful. 100%. You know, you get to see the kids, the kids play, and you get to watch European competition every year. I mean, I see the appeal, but uh, I'm good for now. Thank you. Hey, how, you, guys, tried. you guys didn't even use or don't even use Ziek right. Plus, plus, as a Chelsea fan, FC Twente is obviously my Dutch. Oh, go pounds, man. <laughs> go pounds. Oh, man. Can we kick him off a recording? I don't know yeah. how to do that. <laughs> Uh, I think, uh, you know, he's uh, he's going to have to work his way back up. Chelsea and Twente, no. He can, uh, isn't that the club that Chelsea loans all their players to? Well, hey, you just signed Nikim Ziyech this past offseason or like whatever EPL has for an offseason. What's it, like a day and a half? Something close to that. <laughs> yeah. But let, let's bring it, uh, bring it back a little bit closer and uh, go into some Union Omaha news because we have some. We have news. Ooh. Yeah, we do. Well, Ryan, what, why don't you get us uh, get us going on this? So uh, I think the one that probably moved the needle, I mean, I think they both moved the needle a lot, but the big one was the uh, the return of Connor Doyle, former former Creighton player for a short time, and then uh, went, went pro, played for uh, Darby County for a while, kind of done some stints, played at DC United, and has been at the uh, at the Sad Wolves for the last couple seasons. So Connor coming back home, I think that's, I th- that's huge. I mean, We've talked about what a few podcasts ago about how uh, how young the team was and the lack of professional experience, and now we're bringing a guy in with tons of professional experience from all over the place. So I, th- I think it's a huge signing for us. Yeah, most experienced player Union Omaha's ever had. Uh, uh, I'm not sure. I, I him and Sebus. I, I, I'd say yeah. like where, where Sebus was playing. Um, you no know, top flight in South America throughout most of his twenties. It was the same time that you were getting uh, Doyle through MLS and um, was Derby County in Derby. They were yeah. championship yeah. at the time. Yeah. So I mean, he's just basically Wayne Rooney. Let, let's just put it that way. But he's played for Jay before, which is <laughs> okay. Okay. There's been a lot of conflicting information on this. No, <laughs> he confirmed that he played games for Jay. He played a couple games for Jay because that was the spring before Jay went to Penn State and he signed to Derby before the fall. Yep. So, yeah, he basically played like seven games for Creighton. And then so he was seven games in the spring. Is that the deal? Yep. It was the like the spring preseason uh, or whatever spring, not real season, but like the friendlies, all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he played for Jay, was coached by Jay, um, and you know it seems like he's happy to be back playing for Jay. Yeah, Stephen B. So, Beatty sure thinks so. Well, we'll we'll get into that after we we uh, break <laughs> down our 
our next signing, also coming from a place in the dark. Wait, hey, are you saying that uh, somebody's on fire? Greg Hurst is on fire. Luke's least favorite chance. Not because of Greg Hurst, just because I've all the terrible people singing it. You're welcome. Hey, uh, hey, you're a Chelsea fan. And everyone knows I can't be friends with a Chelsea fan. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I love Luke because of his brutal honesty. So I'm good with it. Um, how well, about the fact that we signed a all-league striker? I, I mean, that's huge. Um, I know yeah. contributing editor Liam Keating is a huge fan of this man as he trialed at Everton. Yep. Oh, didn't yeah, the first it, team. Even spent... Even spent time in the Scottish Premiership. I mean, you know, not that it's a top top flight European, but I mean, hey. there's there were some good players on that team, and they they even that team he was on made the Europa League one year, one season he was there. I mean, well, they they were good at the time. Well, and let, let's talk about this. He's 23. Right. He's young. Like, I mean, he's not not in spring chicken, but you know, he's. He's young. He's about the same um, age as our core players are. Yeah. Yep. And like they, they spent four years playing college and he's spent four years playing professionally. Yeah. I, I'm excited by this. I, I'm very excited by Doyle bringing on that veteran attitude and Hurst bringing on that winning attitude. Well, and what I love is they already have a connection on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the, the tease from the team was Doyle setting up Hurst for a goal uh, that I think was the one that uh, helped us with with our uh, securing second place. But Doyle's um, only assist yeah. of the season, right? And so you know you're bringing you're bringing two guys that already know each other really well, um, based off of social media interaction, have a good relationship. So you know that just that translates over to the field with with everybody else too. Which I think Jay looks at that a lot of what does the dynamics of the team look like and how do guys fit in and. That, you know, he doesn't take that lightly when he's looking at signing. Yeah, no, I, I think there's probably some connection still remaining between Jay and Connor. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure they've bumped into each other a number of times over the years, talked uh, occasionally, but it seems like uh, maybe Connor said, Hey, if I'm coming, you should definitely try and get this Greg. Like, so was, was Hearst option not picked up or how, or was, I'd somebody, like to, I, I'm not clear this on one, this. At least a little bit since I was under the impression when we first spoke about this, that he was available. Um, I had mm-hmm. felt so when Chattanooga said they, they announced four players were coming back and he wasn't one of them. And I assumed he was right. gone for whatever reason. Right. Maybe he didn't get along with the team, right. whatever. When, when the three of us were discussing this, you guys thought, I mean, Ryan, you looked it up on the league website, right? And it said he was signed. Well, he was, I mean, the hard part is all these league websites, they still have last year's rosters up. So technically he was still on their roster, but I don't know if that merely means anything because no one's updated to 2021 yet. Oh, don't go on the Union Omaha frequently asked questions part. There's some terrible uh, Lansing still on the the league map there. I mean, let me just say as somebody who at one point had the FAQ project on his list of responsibilities, let 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 me put it this way there's the the corporate partnerships part and it's using a 
omahaprosoccer.com email. Like, I, 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 I feel like maybe maybe you need to update that. But getting back to it. No, no, no. I, this may have been something I've tried to put a bug in the ear of at least two people on the staff there. We do have two players coming from Chattanooga. Social media seems to show that they're excited to be becoming and maybe they're happy to be leaving. Um, I, I, Ben, you alluded to it a little bit earlier. Do you want to you want to break down that comment yeah. from? Yeah, I, I think there. So Stephen Beatty, right? That's how like, we're going to say. That's how you say it. Um, All right. Was was the captain in 2020 for and 2019? Chattanooga. Yeah, I think I think he was for two years. Yeah, yeah he was. Yep. His comment was, "Congrats to two great guys. Can't wait to see what they do with a proper coach." Well, and didn't he also say, "Take care of them, Omaha"? I mean, I think yeah. so, but that's a little less, little less scandalous. I know, but I I still think like take care of them insinuates maybe they weren't being <laughs> taken care of. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, a COVID year, you, you can't fault anyone. You can't fault the fans for. For that, but yeah. I do think that does say something, especially since presumably he would have been offered a, another year as a captain for two years, and he's now playing for my favorite Irish city, Cork. Yeah, back home. Yeah. No jump, jump back to Ireland. No leaving, leaving these two guys to go find their way out here to the prairie and giving them some uh, some words of encouragement to go play for a good team. And that was a pretty quick tweet, too. It wasn't like he sat on that news. Like, <laughs> no. It was dropped, and that thing came out. It was like, whoa. Maybe it's safe to draft. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I, I did a little bit of sleuthing further, and with Beatty, Beatty I, I'm going to pull an ira here and not know how to pronounce it and just keep going. Uh, but his leaving the club was a thanks to the ownership, a thanks to the front office, a thanks to the fan. No mention of the technical staff. Yeah. Interesting. And uh, they had a different technical. So they had, right, the year one coach yeah. was not the year two coach, right? Yeah, they they did switch coaches between. And so all those guys would have been brought in with by the original coach. Yep. I, I mean, I right. can't yep. I can't think Greg Hurst wouldn't be in a coach's plans though. I, I you know again we don't know the story, yeah. but in my mind, you don't know if the agent, you know, if they agree to renegotiate and he's available, and you know Jay makes an offer yeah. and he takes it or. I feel like there's a little bit more drama and intrigue with Greg Hurst's signing situation because, I mean, he was he led the Golden Boot race for most of the year, right? Got injured, right? Got injured, came back, finished second in there. You know, he had uh, well, I would multiply out how many what a percentage more in assists than Terzaghi has, but uh, you know, you can't. Yeah, zero is zero, so it's yeah. he infinity more assists than Terzaghi, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, like, again, eight goals, to assist in 15 games, 12 of which he started. Yeah. Unbelievable. Or 12 games. Yeah. I, I don't know. It was a short. It was 12 games. Uh, yeah. He only had games and eight goals. And I think, yeah, it was like three he didn't start of those. Can you guys, yeah, you just the big leagues that you guys watch, can you give an example like this? Because to me, this is, uh, like, this is a move that happens in the biggest European league. I mean, th this feels like a Dortmund move. Tell, tell, tell us more. Wait, yeah, what do you mean? Well, you know, you get a guy, leaves on a free at the end of it, and then goes on to become the best striker in the world. Ah, fair. Like, okay. let, let, let's look at this. It just ignores the, ignores the um, contract options and just 
or contract negotiations and just goes for a team that he knows he's going to succeed at. And, and well, well, that's, what are you, know, you talking that's what about you for those who don't follow German soccer? Hey, I never said anything about German soccer. I just said Dortmund. Because <laughs> 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 I, I think we could describe that with, with many Germans. But uh, we are talking about Robert Lewandowski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to factor that if Jay's coming forward to a guy like Greg Hurst, he knows how we finished last year. He knows what we are lacking with goal scoring. And he looks at it and goes, okay, maybe I have a chance at taking this team that next step. Or at least I know we're going to make the playoffs or be a top seed in the playoff versus playing for a club that kind of danced around being, you know, middle of the pack for most of the most of the season. You know, he, he may have saw an option to actually boost his own stock. Would, would you say they were dancing in the moonlight? <laughs> would you say that? Dancing? No, they weren't. They actually weren't. They were dancing in the noon. Oh. Oh. Bad joke. And that's why dad was maybe, maybe he just wanted to get dressed in not a construction trailer. Um, it's possible. Maybe he wanted, if he had to use the restroom sometime during uh, the game, maybe he wanted to do it in not a porta potty. Uh, we may never know. Well, maybe if we can get him on for an interview. No, I'm just, we won't ask that question. Well, yeah, we will. But, <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> Before we move on, just to, to Connor, Greg, assuming you've listened this far, if you're listening at all, welcome. I, I got, yes, I got, I got one more thing on this, Greg Hurst. All right, man. all right. How many conversations did you guys have from, let's say, September 30th on about how badly we needed a number nine? Mm, numerous. I mean, to take nothing away from Conway and Ethan, we we needed somebody who could finish. We we needed somebody who could put it away. We needed someone whose Dami's chances created, Ethan's chances created, would end up in the back of the net. And I think Hurst is that guy. Three of our four most reliable forwards for the last half of our season started the first game in midfield. Yeah, right. I, exactly. Uh, we we were just we were missing the true out and out striker, which is you know when we were talking about the roster people that weren't the options weren't picked up, and a lot of the reason why we like we weren't surprised about you know Elvier and Juan and some of those guys is they we weren't no one was producing in front of the goal you know and now we have a guy that scored eight and twelve I mean <laughs> eight, eight goals in twelve games is a I, huge turnaround so think about yeah. that I'm so excited. yeah it, this, this well. As How many good of a signing as we could possibly get in my mind? Well, let, let's do the math. How many games are we going to be playing this year in the regular season? Oh my gosh, that's the best transition I've ever heard. I have no idea, Luke. I haven't been paying attention to the news. Could you tell me more? I got it. All right, Ryan. 28. 28. 28. What, when is that starting? Uh, early May, uh, maybe April for Lucky. Well, that seems like uh, we might not have to wait too long to see Hurst sink a few balls. To watch Greg Hurst on fire, terrifying defenses. I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We are are looking forward to that. But we did get a season format announced by the league. Was that Monday? 25th? That sounds right, yeah. So, like with championship, we are looking at a flexible start date in May with the earliest start date being April 10th. What that means is, well, I'm putting it as we're looking at COVID and what the markets can handle for COVID. 
So if Omaha and Greenville are both with low enough numbers and get fans in the stands, there's no snow on the ground. We'll have a game in April. Right. If, right. You know, COVID numbers remain high. Vaccines aren't rolling out the way they're supposed to, even with the new administration. We're, we're going to be looking at a, a May or later start date. So uh friend of the pod, Thomas, uh, who's asked us questions. I'm mad at us. Thomas said up on very many mean things about Chelsea today. I am mad at him. Well, Okay, well, I'll talk about Thomas. I like the guy. But he brought up maybe the April thing was preseason, but players are reporting in March, right? Or that's our assumption. Last year, they reported in mid-February, late February. First first week of February. Okay. Okay. Super Bowl weekend. Uh, But that was with a March 27th start date. So you figure this, March makes sense. Okay, so my assumption would be, you use March to not only get guys in and get them ready, but then that's where the friendlies and the preseason stuff happens so that you're possibly prepared for an April 10th start. And if you can't play in April, now you have an extra month to continue to condition and get guys ready to go. Um, well, what do you do with guys uh, like Connor Doyle who are already here? I, it's hard to say. Uh, he needs, yeah, I don't know what they're doing with him right well, now. I, I know we have two guys that, are in the Metro right now that are going to be playing this year with Dalton and Connor. Uh, so, I, can think of, I can think of two more that I know are in town. Well, that are on the roster. Yeah. Who? I believe Toby's in town. And I know okay. that I saw Austin Poncho training at the center with Dalton. That, that would make sense. Um, Austin did find himself a connection here in Omaha. So comfort in the arms yep. of a local. Found himself a local connection. <laughs> but oh, as far God. as I last heard, Toby was due to fly back to Kenya at least some point in the offseason. I don't know if that was changed or what, but I think he'd I think he'd grab something in front of an INS office. He he did. He because he was waiting on a social security card um to right. for visa processing and make re-entry easier. So I think he was waiting for that to go back. And that might not have been here because he, I'd heard something they were working through uh, with his agent um, on getting him there and back. I have an extra bedroom. He could have stayed with me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've got a couple. I don't like, I don't like these guys leaving the country. No, I, I agree. I, I mean, I understand that they may have yeah, to because of the nature of their visas, but like, this is not the time for, you know, yeah. international well, travel. And, and yeah. not, like, again, you know, sure. We want health and safety and whatever, but like, I want these, I want these folks, you know, available for us. Yeah. Yes. We don't want a repeat of last year. No. Well, as we look at this 28 games, we're reminded, and I'm sure we'll be reminded many, many times by everyone else in the league that we play in a baseball stadium. This is a great, this is a great point. Baseball is coming back this year. No, it's not. I don't Um, think so. I don't believe that, but continue. Well, minor league baseball is due to come back, release a schedule in February. And the Storm Chasers were one of the teams that was uh, continued. Uh, They lost, what, 120 teams? No, no, no. They they went from like 180 to 140. Okay. So they they did drop down a fair number. But Storm Chasers stayed AAA and... Stayed with the Royals. Yeah, stayed with the Royals. And they theoretically are playing home, which means probably a condensed schedule. And with 28 games, 14 assumed home, we may be having to look elsewhere for a home. I, yeah. I mean, and I think what what happens the first time baseball has to reschedule for COVID? Yeah. Um, 
luckily, Omaha, Omaha proper, is home to two wonderful soccer-specific stadiums. Some of the best. Some of them. Yeah. Uh, they're both both turf, which I'm not a huge fan of, but they play well. I would rather have, I'd rather have, my biggest factor is lines, not necessarily field surface. Yeah. But you're not on that field yeah. surface. Yeah. I mean, I would, but go ahead. I think, well, I was going to say, I think the Jay's talked about it before um, when it came to when he was at UNO and when Trev Alberts was first AD and they talked about converting that football stadium into a soccer stadium. And Jay has told me before, and I know he said in interviews how Trev Alberts came to him and said, I want to get this right the first time. Tell me what you need for turf to make this as close as possible with us using an artificial surface. So, I mean, you and O spared no expense getting that field put together. I mean, that, that field plays. Yeah, they have one of the best in North America for artificial surfaces. FIFA rated. Highest rated. So, well, and you know what? Jay helped uh, design Morrison Stadium too. Well, let, let's look at it this way. We, at Morrison, max capacity is 3,000? Six. Or 6,000. So we'd lose 3,000 yeah. theoretically uh, in six ticket sales. But how much better would it be to go to a game in downtown Omaha than drive to Papillion? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think too, like Morrison's built. Answer the Morrison to me is. Answer the question. I went to five. I went to five bug eaters games when they played there. Out of the six, I was out of town for one of them, and four of them, Emerson and I went on our electric bike. Like it's night and it's night and day versus a twenty minute drive. It's a fifteen minute bike ride. Like from a well, yeah. Well, Ryan, just the, about the yes. West Omaha. You could park at West Roads and take orbit in. If we play, if we played on a weekday, I could leave from my office and be there in about five. Even minutes. better. Like, yeah, I mean, there's, and, and on top of it, like the way Morrison's built, it's built like some, you know, the FA Cup's been going on and people have been talking about some of these lower league teams and their stadiums and how cool they look like right next to houses and all that stuff. And that's what Morrison reminds me of right there in the heart of campus. You have the campus buildings around it. It's it's small, so it gets really loud, even though the one side is still like essentially burn yeah. seating, you know, burn. but, you know, <laughs> yeah, it is because it has like the stairs. And then, you know, you have you have the uh, stands on the one side where the scoreboard is. I mean, it's a nice stadium. It holds a lot of people, yeah. especially if we still have to be limited in capacity due to COVID and they can only still do like 1,500, 2,000 people. That place is going to sound even louder than yeah. where Park did for us. Can, um, I, can I make a complaint about those two places compared to the FA Cup venues? Both of they're them. They're in the absolutely. U.S. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't argue yeah. with you, but I, one thing I don't like about either of those, and I particularly don't like about um, Caniglia, is just how far away from the stands the field is. Like, like there's just yeah. so much extra space. Like, it, I don't know, it doesn't have that intimacy that some of those other venues have, like a Craven Cottage even, right? Like, where it feels like you're literally on top of the action. Right. Like, there just is a little bit of, I mean, you know, I'm not complaining because, again, we're comparing these to each other, not and to like things that are perfect, not to what's available to us. But th that is my one complaint about both those facilities. I'll just say this. If Union Omaha ever changes facilities and moves into either one of those on a co cohabitation deal, I feel like there'd be some serious renovation and you'd get probably a closer feel. Interesting. 
But yeah. as, as, that, that, as like a full equal co-tenant of one of those institutions, not yes, you know, a, a lessee. Yes. Um, but we're going to have a longer season this year because playoffs aren't until November. Yeah. That was amazing. So, <laughs> oh, speaking of, I would bet that people do report first week of March because contracts last time went Feb one to November one, 10 months. And the, they reported mm-hmm. Feb one through um, October 31. Right. So there's an extra month at the end. So if which you, is why we couldn't reschedule the final. Exactly. But if you shift that, if you shift mm-hmm. that, it goes March 1st to December 31st. And you play then like you report March 1st and you're done playing the last week of November. So my guess is March 1st is the report date. Because yeah, then you're, not, then, you're not doing much except, hey, guys, we're going to shift this a little bit. Please be cool. It's not a big deal. Yeah. But I think we can all all agree that the structure sounds great. Now we just need dates. Well, yeah. I, I mean, the one thing that's nice to hear about the playoff structure is they are planning to do the 16 playoff this year. So no one's just going to be handed a trophy, hopefully, um, and said and tell them, oh, you're the champs because you got first place this year. You know, and if we get first or second uh, during the regular season, that counts as a buy. For well, the I, first think, round. I think if we get uh, first, we're the claiming semifinals. I mean, I don't know about you, but half the time League league One has existed, you know, the trophy has been awarded to the team who finished first. Yeah. I mean, I've got a belt showing we beat the champs in the only game we uh, featured against them. Hey, that's Uh, a game. Win one game. Yeah. (laughs) The, The thing we don't get out of this, and we heard very little from, and I've heard very, very little on, is the Open Cup. Yeah, I'm interested to know if that uh, what they're. Pl- I know, I know the the plan was to have all the teams that qualified last year are automatically qualified for this season if they hold yeah. it this year. Um, so w- if if we want to participate, we are eligible to and we are qualified for it. Now it just we get, don't, but we don't have a structure for it yeah. at all. There there have been no dates, no structure. By this point, we'd already known when uh the semi-pro teams were going to start playing like we we knew we'd face the winner of des moines and med city is it med city it was yeah and this year we've got nothing i'd love to see see that happen i'd love to see us go well especially with the new signings and the guys i imagine jay has planned i I think we're gonna at least 10 players to add to the roster yeah we we're up to 16 but we we have a starting eleven and five amazing subs. I mean, we have a game day. Yeah. We have a game day roster that is, you know, I'm confident in saying can beat any team in the league. Yeah. Maybe the Revolutions because they seem to have our number. Well, they uh, <laughs> New England Revs are a polar team. One time they're great, the other time they're dog shit. <laughs> no, no, well, saying, and just one and time just they're great, like and the rest of the time they're not playing Union Omaha. <laughs> well no they beat greenville well yeah. they did beat greenville yeah <laughs> it's just one day. but the other thing about <laughs> to finish this tangent the other thing about the revs is because they're an mls2 side they actually had a lot of guys that aren't there are guys that aren't coming back and weren't picked yeah. up because the mls side was like nope we're good and some of them were guys that played for them like played minutes yeah. last year so that's that's the the trouble with being a two side is you may lose a decent roster because yeah. the high the higher league is like no we don't want those guys yeah. anymore. But the, it'll be it'll be interesting to see where where we end up 
and how everything goes. Well, I got a hypothetical for you for U.S. Open. So Open Cup obviously had scheduling challenges. 2020 didn't happen too bad. Would you be more or less excited for the following format for U.S. Open Cup? So you take the Club World Cup format and you take USL 2 champion, USL 1 champion, USL C champion, and then probably... Uh, whoever like wins the supporter shield and the two MLS cup finalists. And it's a one week long six team tournament. Nah, that doesn't excite you. I'll, I'll put it this way. They're never going to agree to that because U S soccer is MLS. I mean, would, so, would you have, would you have taken that this year? 2020? No. In 2020? No. My problem with that is, well, so I want to take in 2019. Well, and, yeah, and that's the fun of those types of cups, right? Is you get to play teams like Des Moines and or Med City and and those amateur was it uh Orange County when they were still amateur, they went on a pretty good run. I mean, that's the fun. That's why the FA Cup gets as much publicity as it does, is because these minnows come in and somehow knock off the big guys and it, it becomes a big deal. But my other problem is if you're if you're thinking about last year, it would have been the twenty nineteen champions. So you have a an MLS two side from USL one that's in it. So essentially, it's like an MLS reserve roster that's playing, but they also had a lot of turnover last year. So the, it's not even the same team. Well, I mean, that's going into it. I mean, but let, let's look at it this way: Bayern got knocked out of the DFB Pokal by a second tier team, right? With and Holstein Kiel, while they're making a good run in second tier, probably won't get promoted this year and probably won't, which means they're not finishing first or second and then wouldn't qualify for that format. You aren't getting the fun matchups. I, oh, I totally agree. And I think you guys are perhaps thinking I'm suggesting this as a permanent replacement, but I'm suggesting it's going to be. If you do really that, you're off the pod. <laughs> yeah. <absolutely. laughs> like, I mean, what kind of a monster do you think I am? Like, I think this is a intriguing format but it would be in addition in regular years and this year yeah. it might be instead of because I, I i do not see how they're going to be able to play an open cup this year my my problem too with the club world cup like when you look at it uh internationally is it really doesn't get it doesn't have any hype behind it, puts um, it on. you know like well no i know but it's just it's a it's an issue because no one really, you know, you can find where to watch it, but then you also get teams like Byron that are in it playing teams from South America that are just happy they scrape by and are in there. And, you know, it's just, I, some of it to me, just, it, it, it screams like an MLS side may just put their best side out because they want to win that tournament. And it ends up just being an all MLS final anyway, which is how the open cup seems to be. But at least in the open cup in recent years, history we've had a team make it to the final win a final and not are you be guys an MLS team also not intrigued by it. my usl league cup proposal then i i do think a league cup would be good do you think you need the league two sides to make it any good at this point with as thin as with as thin as usl one is yes i agree so we can move on now yeah uh, <laughs> just to add one more thing before we we wrap this up Enigmatic tweet from uh, FC Wichita earlier this week, who recently just announced they were switching from the NPSL to USL two for the 2021 season. They've had a good, good run in the NPSL, won a number of regional championships. They're taking part in the USL summit currently going on. 
and throwing out the the hashtag uh, path to pro, right? Which is, which is USL twos, USL two, but then also the hashtag Wichita Pro Soccer, teasing a big announcement. I mean, I, if if we had a Wichita team, I I mean, we can especially once we don't have to worry about COVID as much. That's such I'll a yeah. Wichita. Um, when I go down to visit my in laws, it's five hours down, four and a half back. I mean, I'm not going to comment on why it's faster coming back. But I mean, think about like, I'll do the, I've done the six hour round trip to Kansas City and back, you know, for for a a sporting. Remind me to carpool with you two in a way game. (laughs) Fair enough. But, you know, it's just one of those things like, even if, even if it takes you five hours both ways, you can still do that in one day. You leave in the morning, you're at the game, you can come back that night if you want to. You know, some, some of us, some people on this pod have in laws that they can stay with. No, I I think that'd be, be a great one if they do announce. Uh, I hope, hope to hear something. Can I, can I, can we talk about folks who are also out there agitating in the Twitter sphere? Are you going to talk about Arkansas again? Shout out to my new friends at Northwest uh, Arkansas Pro Soccer. <laughs> yeah, they're they're uh, they're trying to make the. I mean, hey, they, they've been doing a good job. Fayetteville is less than six hours away. Uh, I'd be excited for a Fayetteville. Uh, Arkansas is a place I've never really wanted to go, and never really had an excuse to. But you know, I I suppose I can make a make a round there. I mean, I've been there once, but I'll tell you. Guys the story <laughs> but let's. Uh, Let's call it what it is. It's a pod. I thought you were going to say it's promising development. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just leave, leave Arkansas hang. <laughs> define. It's too bad. Please define Arkansas. is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I feel like well, look at the time. Getting the horrible things that happened in Arkansas. I think. Uh... <laughs> Well, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Who Gives a Hoot? <laughs> uh, go ahead and check out our website. We've got some great articles, some new writers up there. Um, Shout out to Owen for that great article this week. Beautiful, uh, beautiful article from Owen Godwerson, voice of Union Omaha on MAV Radio during the 2020 season. But go ahead, uh, go over to WGHmedia.com and uh, give us a Give us a look, click on some ads so we get a little bit of revenue and like, subscribe, subscribe, follow, um, tell your friends about us. Do you have friends? If you don't, maybe go make some friends and then tell them about us. I mean, if people didn't have friends, strange, probably not strangers to listen to this podcast. Yeah. No, no. I mean, you could always buy a Who Gives a Hoot scarf and, and find out what wearing a scarf around that says Who Gives a Hoot on it will get you when you go into a bar. Just saying. <laughs> All right. Let's see if we can do it. Last question of the night. Who gives a who? We do. We do. Ah, I suppose.